Warm greetings to the global community and associates and partners all over the world. Um, we are all part of the human family, of the global human family. My name is George Bennett. I'm from South Africa. I'm an entrepreneur. I'm a public speaker. I'm an activist. I'm a dad. I'm a husband. I'm an enthusiast. I'm a student. I'm a person who looks at the world through very critical eyes. And for a long time, I have struggled with this concept of equality. And I'll share with you in depth why I struggle with this concept called equality. Because on the concept of equality, there's a lot of assumptions that is made about social justice. And we are given so many ideas by people who we've elected into positions of power, whether that is through our economic agency, when we acquire certain goods and services, or whether that's through our political agency. Now, a lot has changed since the dawn of democracy and democracy has been given the green light by many institutions of global organization. Because that is what, in my view, governments are. They are global organizations of the view of the people. And our colleagues in the political economy do very well to articulate this message of hope and each and every year they come to us with messages of hope with messages of promise and they do very well to stay true to that cause of commitment in their endeavor to articulate to us that if we support their views if we support their plans we will inherit a better future. Now, the conflict that I have is on that assumption or building that hypothesis. You are assuming that all of us are at equal footing in society. And the harsh reality is that not all of us are equal in society. Many of us come from an inherited life of slavery, of suffering, of poverty. Many of us are first generation to receive education, whether that's higher education or whether that's primary education or middle education. And so that concept of equality is perhaps for me the most dangerous assumption that can be made by the modern world and what we call the elitist group. Now, our people possess a vast majority of skills and ability. It has been proven over the centuries that communities have survived despite the lack of resources, the lack of uh, work opportunities, and the lack of being included into this conversation of how we to build and construct a nation that really loves its values. And for me, 
the irony has been that each and every opportunity that has been given to us to liberate ourselves has come with underlying conditions. Within our democratic settlement, there was underlying conditions for a shared power strategy. So when the liberators of our time met with the authority of the day, they discussed a plan that would avoid civil war. And that was regarded as a very noble idea and the world celebrated us for achieving that. In fact, the leaders of the time received Nobel Peace Prize awards for that achievement. But in my view, what was excluded from the conversation in the reality is the aftermath of now having a democratically elected president, a cabinet that is reflective of the majority, and therefore a consensus that we now have a structure, a legal structure, that can articulate the values and, and can articulate the life and shared experiences of our people. And the mistakes that was made because leaders were given free reign to express themselves, whether that's through management of public funds, private funds, etc. Leaders were given free carte blanche on how to administer this economic agency. And the aftermath of looking back at how these powers was used and tools was used to drive those ideas of human dignity has come to us as a deeper and perhaps more unreal reflection of why we as the global family must be cautious about giving away our accountability and our agency to ensure that the lives of ourselves is better and the lives of our children are better. Now, I'm not critiquing the political system. By far, there's many evidence, many people who can provide evidence of the fact that political systems have vastly changed and shifted people out of their, their current circumstances. In our case, there was an attempt to redistribute a vast majority of the money that was collected through the taxation system to service people who, who traditionally would not be serviced. We saw a great investment being made in higher education and we saw a greater deal of consensus being reached of social welfare. Now many of us can critique the power of social welfare, but the data is quite obvious. If you are unable to economic policy to create an environment where people are less dependent on the state and more dependent on themselves, then you have to critically intervene in those situations. Because if you don't intervene in those situations, the people who are going to uh, be vulnerable 
to poverty and to indications or situations where they might be influenced to participate in criminal activity is far greater. So the consensus that was, was, was given to our political elite was founded on the premise that they would deliver a better life. And knowing very well that there's certain limitations of how you can engage in this global economy in terms of what can be delivered. If I have a thousand dollars, I can only attain the value of a thousand dollars. I can wish for, you know, much greater possibility to come to enrich my life and those who are connected to me or my community. But if I'm limited to that earning of a thousand dollars a month, then scientifically it's impossible for me to accumulate resources and power that's not limited to that level of economic agency. So it, it is a far cry of freedom and it is perhaps an indictment on the people's intelligence to assume that by not ensuring that people are, are gaining income, which is economic agency, whether that's through the direct distribution of jobs or business opportunities, that if you are so resistant as the political or economic elite to include people in the conversation of growth and to allow people therefore to stand within their own communities as providers, as independent voices of how they want to shape their reality because you have this global consensus of ideas and a compact and a centralized perspective of power and leadership that sounds to me more like dictatorship than democracy. And I want to further support the statement by what has now come as global and public understanding of the limitations of capitalism. We have witnessed over a decade of African countries being liberated, that the growth that they've experienced has not been sufficient to service the demand of labor. We have a growing need for young people gaining opportunities. We have a growing need for, for people in the middle age uh, gaining opportunities. And for me, it strikes me that nobody is understanding the limitations of a system that says we're going to allow this group to manage economic affairs based on their own history or track record of success and we're going to allow them to accumulate these massive, massive, massive amounts of wealth and trust in blind faith that they will do good for others. And so at the heart of this conversation, 
I ask this question. Is equality an attainable goal? And without a doubt, the evidence is pointing that equality is not an attainable goal. Human dignity is very much attainable because human dignity prescribes to how we view ourselves as human beings. So in other words, if we find it acceptable for people to live in environments and conditions that is unhumane, then that reflects more on our own ability to assess our own privilege. And it's a far greater indictment on ourselves as being assessors of others and providing detailed analysis about how lost we have become as a human race and how ignorant we've become as a human race to assume that the roles that we found so dearly and important, the role of being a teacher, the role of being a policeman, the role of being a father, the role of being a business person, the role of having a job provides a deep sense of dignity to yourself. And by far, if those opportunities are becoming harder to attain, it means that it is becoming more difficult for us as a human race to celebrate the goal of human dignity. Understand this. If the majority of us are not at the level where we can ease through the experience of life, regardless of the challenges, if majority of us are unable to define our own futures and therefore play an active role in our own futures, we are going to see more destruction, we are going to see more corruption, we are going to see more mismanagement because all of those positions and roles must be kept in check. We have to hold ourselves to a far greater degree of standards if we want to achieve what in my view is called human dignity, which is far more accessible and attainable than equality. We will never be equal. Not how we've accepted the historic structure of how capital has put people at the top, some people at the top, some people at the middle, and some people at the bottom. The entire structure of our society is in a diamond shape. And what we want is we want us all to be at equal level. So how do you achieve that? By greatly supporting the idea of allowing people to liberate themselves. And how do people liberate themselves? By you removing the barriers, the legal barriers of engagement and of mobilization. Now the internet for many people is a big challenge because the internet has driven a lot of the discourse of societies. We've seen this in France, Spain, the UK, the US with Black Lives Matter. We've even seen it in our country with most of the political activists finding more agency and power being given to them through social media and the internet. And if that wasn't true, and if that wasn't an alarm to those people sitting in power, 
I find it deeply concerning that the same people are trying to position themselves as those who can put out the fire of inequality and discrimination. And people discriminate for a reason. There's a huge amount of agency that's given to somebody that is provided the power to decide who gets in and who doesn't get in. And if there's no desire to develop framework, whether that's through oversight committees and forums that can provide insight to these structures, whether that's through police forums, community forums, if there's no attempt to empower those structures, and in fact, we've seen most of the uh, private sector lobbying aggressively for, for unions to be more regulated. And as a consequence of that, we've seen unfavorable conditions being tabled that impacts the work and the progression and development of workers. Now, I'm not going to assume that I know all of the answers, but my own life experience has been that of witnessing how the scale of equality is always shifting. If you step into the workplace at a level where you've just completed your high school, they give you what is called a senior certificate if you complete high school. And that senior certificate is supposed to be a tool that you can use to negotiate with the job market. Well, it's clear now that because we have more and more professionals, people with higher education, providing a unrealistic valuation for the job market because the scarcity of opportunities, that more and more people with a senior certificate is being excluded from the job market. And that further contributes towards the high number of young people being unemployed. So if you are somebody that's managing economic affairs within the context of the political economy, wouldn't it make sense for you to say, let's remove all these barriers from a requirement perspective and allow everybody with the time, the expertise and the skills and the, and the understanding of how to learn the skills to participate in the economy? Wouldn't that be a more equitable system? By far, if you are excluding a majority of people to participate in the process of liberating themselves, you are creating more conditions for poverty. You are creating more conditions for dependency on the state and dependency on others. And by that, you are presenting conditions of more that look more like dictatorship than democracy. Because democracy by its definition assumes that the people shall govern, the people will participate in all the aspects of human life. So in this particular message, I'd like to urge you, if you are in a position of power, to really reflect deeply on your privilege and understand that the conditions that are being created is favorable for certain people. And that's why they will fight to have that conditions retained, but that we need to actually develop bravery, consciousness and courage to stand up and say, hold on, if my brother is not free, I can't be free. If my sister is not free, I can't be free. If we aren't all free, 
then what is this freedom we're talking about? Thank you very much. My name is George Bennett. Thank you for listening.